Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Today's special guest is on the phone from Washington, D.C. at AGC of America's national headquarters. Today's guest is David Ashinoff. David is the Director of Political Affairs. So, David, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for taking your time today. I know it's a busy day in Washington, D.C., as every day is. Could you first talk a little bit about what your background is and how you got involved with managing the AGC Political Action Committee and being the Director of Political Affairs and what that entails? Sure, absolutely. So, I've always been interested in, in government. You know, it was something that surprisingly was interesting to me at a young age. And, you know, even, you know, as young as my young teens, I could remember, you know, watching Meet the Press with Luke Rothbard volunteering on local campaigns to do kind of get out the vote efforts during election season. So it really wasn't a big surprise that, that when I went to college, I graduated with a degree in government uh, and then, you know, quickly came up here to D.C. to, to look how it could get started in, in sort of that industry. And, and fortunately, one of the, the first places that, that gave me an opportunity was an internship at the Republican Governors Association. And there, I was able to, to kind of see all facets of, of what goes on in, in this sort of realm, whether it be political, whether it be policy, whether it be fundraising, whether it be event planning. And I, I think that was a, a really good start because it, it helped me appreciate what everyone does in this industry, but then helped focus me and kind of where I wanted to go. And that sort of went the, the political route for me. I've always kind of been more interested in the campaign side of things versus the legislative side. And when the internship concluded, the CFO and general counsel at the time at the RGA his friend happened to be working at uh, another construction association, and they were looking to hire a PAC coordinator to help uh, manage their political action committee. So I uh, went over there to, to interview for the position. At the time, I honestly didn't know much about uh, that world and, and all of the, the different nuances between political committees and, and campaign finance regulations. And I uh, did a little bit of my homework, uh, looked over their Federal Election Commission reports, uh, went in prepared, and unfortunately got hired. Uh, I spent six and a half years at, at that association, starting out as PAC coordinator, uh, helping their political director grow the PAC. Uh, unfortunately, I had responsibilities grow uh, at that association over time and left there managing their political action committee and issue advocacy funds. Uh, growing it from about a $1.4 million pack to a $2.1 million pack, and uh, leaving with uh, just over a $4 million uh, issue advocacy fund. Wonderful, wonderful. So, you uh, mentioned this, you, you use the word industry, and this really is an industry, what you do to really make sure that the funds come in, the funds go out. There's, there's, It is really running an industry. This just doesn't happen. Right. It, it, 
crazy world uh, in government relations, uh, you know, when you have that big umbrella, but each of the, the different sectors, just like the construction industry, it has all of its niche areas. And, you know, for, for me, it was always the, the political one. And, and when this position opened up at, at AGC, uh, I, I jumped at the opportunity. Uh, it was the, the right time for me in my career. I had spent six and a half years with the, the previous construction association, so I had that appreciation for what folks in the construction industry do. Uh, I had some knowledge of the issues that, that are so important to, to AGC members and had the, the opportunity of interviewing and very appreciative uh, that they, they hired me and gave me this opportunity. So since you've been on board, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've had or that you've seen when you came in as the new guy? Obviously, you've been around. You saw some things that could be done better, some things that need to be added. What are some of the biggest challenges you've had in managing the AGC Political Action Committee? I, I jumped at this opportunity was that you know, I recognized the the fact that AGC had the larger membership with you know nearly 10,000 more member companies, uh, and so when you saw that that fact that there was so much more opportunity to get the membership involved, engaged in, in advocacy efforts, that was really a, a big plus to, to making that move. But the real sort of difficulty in this industry is getting folks to part with their personal money. Um, that's a that's a tough thing, especially when you know if if, if folks are, are watching the news and and they're seeing what's going on here in D.C. Uh, where it looks like chaos and and turmoil all the time, uh, and it, it doesn't seem that that Congress and and the White House are accomplishing a lot. That's tough to convince folks to say, sure, let me give you you know some of my personal hard-earned money to go help elect uh, candidates to Congress. But, you know, when you're, you're able to, to explain uh, the purpose of, of our PAC, the purpose of our advocacy programs, the rationale behind all of that, and the importance of helping to elect pro-construction candidates, uh, I think they start understanding the value in that. Now, you talked about the trying to separate people from their money. I think that, at least from my perspective, is one of the biggest differences between a national PAC or uh, local PACs or state PACs is that the you know, oftentimes the local or state PACs can accept corporate dollars and a national PAC cannot. And I'm guessing you've got 50 different models that you have to navigate between the local and the federal PAC. Right. There's there's always confusion uh, when it comes to, to fundraising efforts, especially when it involves the political realm of things. You know, for us at the, the federal level, when we're, we're raising money, it's always got to be personal money. And I know that's not the case for, for every state. Uh, you know, my personal home state of uh, Virginia, we're like Missouri, where we're able to, to contribute unlimited corporate money. And at the federal level, that's just not possible. So, you know, navigating those, those differences and in, in nuances is certainly a, a problematic thing at times because we, you know, occasionally we'll get a corporate check that we have to refund and explain why we have to do that. But the additional um, regulations that govern uh, what we do, at least for corporate trade association PACs like AGC PAC, there's additional campaign finance regs that, that govern our operation. Some of your, your members may be familiar with what's called prior approval or prior authorization. So for us to, to be able to raise money from our, our member company employees, 
uh, we first have to get the member company to grant us permission. And uh, that's at times a difficult thing because you're trying to raise money and solicit the individual. And so there's some confusion as to why the company would have to give permission for the individual to be solicited. Uh, unfortunately, that's just the, the federal campaign finance regs that, that govern uh, our operations, and we have to do our best to, to comply with, with those until they change. So you have a whole set of different rules that you have to follow as opposed to what we have at the local levels. Absolutely. And then, uh, of course, we're you know regularly uh, looked at by the Federal Election Commission. Uh, we file monthly reports with them, and uh, I can say that they definitely get looked at uh, uh, because there are times uh, where you'll get a nice little letter from them saying, well, you know, I see that you've done this, but can you explain, you know, why it's done this way? And so, you know, it, it definitely makes you a little bit more stringent in, in how we approach our job just to make sure that we are doing it correctly, uh, that we are operating according to our, our federal election campaign finance regs, uh, and that, uh, you know, we're, we're keeping everything uh, above bar. Now, you mentioned some numbers earlier about dollars. What What's the status of the AGC PAC right now? What How many dollars are in? I know you always talk in terms of election cycle being a two-year window, but where are you right now in funds gathered, funds on hand? Where are you in the cycle? So right now we're around uh, 400000 raised. Uh, we've got uh, just over... 100,000 cash on hand uh, because we just cut a, a round of checks for, for some uh, candidates this quarter. So that uh, has uh, dropped our cash on hand a little bit. But we're hoping to get close to or just over 500,000 for the year, which would help us get closer to uh, just over a million dollar goal for the election cycle. And that's been pretty consistent uh, to where we've been over the last few election cycles. Uh, raising around a million dollars. What are your targets? I'm sure you have targets that are a lot higher than that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I'd love to be raising, you know, over $2 million a year for the PAC. Uh, that would open up so uh, many more opportunities for us to support pro-construction candidates. Um, you know, we with the finite resources that we have, we have to be very uh, diligent in who we support and can't always contribute to the max of what we'd like to do. So, if you've got more resources, you certainly can do more to, to, to help candidates, uh, not just in contributing more money to their campaign, but there are also other things that open up, like independent expenditures and, and using the PAC for its uh, full breadth of opportunity. I know that this is more than just money in the top of the funnel. You have to make decisions about the money that goes out the bottom of the funnel and the money that gets distributed to candidates. I'm sure that David just doesn't sit there in his office and decide, oh, I'm going to give some to Joe and some to Betty and some to Sam. How are those decisions made about where the funds actually go and who receives it? Well, it would be certainly easier if that was the way that, that it works, <laughs> but uh, I don't think it'd be appropriate, and it, it certainly wouldn't be right. Well, you um, might you might yeah. be looking for another trade association job. <laughs> yeah. I would not be surprised if that was the case, if that's the way that I approach yeah. my job. <laughs> Throughout, you know, uh, the two-year election cycle, we received hundreds of requests from, you know, campaigns, PACs, party committees, and with the limited resources that we have, we do try to prioritize the disbursement so that, you know, we are supporting those entities that are most supportive of the industry. But it isn't me making those decisions. 
it's our members, it's our member company employees who are contributing to the PAC, so it needs to be a member-driven process. So the PAC has a, a board of trustees that govern our operations and make those decisions. Uh, there's uh, 18 folks on that board uh, represented from all across the, the country, uh, all different sectors of the construction industry, uh, and we also have a chapter executive representative on that board, too, to, to represent our chapters. But they review all of those requests. Uh, they approve all of the contributions that we disperse. And uh, the kind of the things that they look at when they're reviewing that information is, first and foremost, it's local chapter and member input. We have what we know up here in D.C., but that can obviously be skewed to, to what candidates are telling us when we're meeting with them. So we always check with our chapters and local members before we get involved in, in any races. And we want to have the, the local chapter and member support if we are going to get in, engaged on behalf of a candidate, because we don't want to put a, a chapter in, in some sort of position uh, where we may take a contrary position and, and sort of create a, a bad relationship at the local level. Some of the other things that they look at are, you know, a candidate's connection or understanding to the industry. Clearly, you know, if someone has construction experience that has been involved uh, on the professional side of the industry, you know, they're going to know a lot more about how issues affect construction companies uh, if they're fortunate to get elected. And so the more of them that you could have in Congress, the more apt that we're able to, to hopefully push through pro-construction legislation. Other things are their voting records, whether it be the current Congress or their lifetime voting records. All first-time candidates complete our questionnaire, uh, which walks them through a litany of issues to see where they're, they're going to be. Uh, so that way, if they are fortunate to get elected, that there's no real surprises when they come up here and start taking votes. Some of the other things are their legislative strategy, how they fit into to what we're trying to accomplish up here, uh, and then variable election factors like the demographic profile of the congressional district, you know, is the candidate doing well in terms of fundraising, uh, how are they polling, and, and any kind of previous election results that they may have. So it's a very complex process. How are these 18 people selected? They volunteer, are they appointed by the board of directors or the executive committee? How do they show up? Yeah, they're, they're all completely uh, volunteers, and then, uh, like all of our other groups, uh, they're appointed by the AGC president. Well, what's your success rate? You obviously have a very rigorous process in trying to figure out where the dollars go. I would guess that leads to a pretty good success rate because you've done your homework before you write the check. It all depends on the election cycle and, and how well it goes for, for those candidates that, that we're uh, looking to, to support and, and hope to help get elected. And, you know, on average, if, if we go back through at least the last four, so if you're looking at the elections for 2012, 2014, 2016, and 2018, on average, our success rate has been uh, 89% of those candidates running on election day won their, their races and, and served in, in those congresses. So at least for, for what I think is a pretty good success rate for, for this industry, not construction, but overall and, and sort of the, the political realm. David, I know that there's no such thing as buying votes. At the local level, we have this all the time where there's a misunderstanding about the purpose of the PAC, that basically what that does is give us an entree. It doesn't guarantee anything. Absolutely. And, you know, I never look at it as buying votes or anything like that. 
you know, we are simply trying to support candidates that support our priorities. If they are fortunate to be elected, and, and we hope that they will if we're supporting them, but it, it certainly helps cultivate that relationship uh, during the, the campaign season so that if they are elected, they know who you are when they, they take office. They know who AGC is. They know the local chapter. They know the local members. There's that relationship. There's that trust. So that when there are issues that come up uh, that involve the construction industry, we can go in with that pre-established relationship and say, look, you know, this is how this is uh, impacting the construction industry. This is how it's going to impact your local constituents um, that are construction uh, employees. And, and so there's that, that ability to, to have that, that relationship progress over time. So, David, you've been on board a few years now. What are your future plans and challenges ahead as the Director of Political Affairs? In terms of challenges, I, I think it's always tough to, to raise that, that money, to, to continue pushing forward to, to reach new heights, and, and that's important for us. You know, we have goals in place and we want to reach them. And when things don't look like they're getting done up here on Capitol Hill, um, that, that continues to, to impact the, the association PAC fundraising ability. So, you know, I'd say that's a continual challenge that we have. And until things start looking more effective and efficient up here on Capitol Hill, that's going to sort of continue. But uh, the thing that, that I'd always say is, look, you know, the game is the game. The game's not changing uh, anytime soon. And if folks are, are choosing not to participate just because of uh, how it appears up here, um, you know, that, that's difficult because sitting on the sidelines isn't going to change much. And it's that continual motivation to try to get individuals to understand the importance of that engagement, whether that's contributing to a PAC, whether that's contacting your member of Congress about a specific issue important to the industry, or helping out with our issue advocacy fund, the construction advocacy fund. Those are all things that we're continuing to, to push with the membership. The, the more that we can do to, to get our members and the member companies engaged, active uh, in the advocacy side of things, uh, the more beneficial that will be for the association as a whole. Um, and not just here at the federal level, but also at the, the state and local levels too. And this is all public record. Anybody at any time, AGC member, non-AGC member, can go and look at the reports and look and see who AGC of America's PAC supported, who they didn't support, and get a snapshot of who the friends of our construction industry are. Absolutely. And one of the, the great things about corporate member trade association PACs like AGC PAC is that we are one of the most transparent political committees out there. Um, we file with the Federal Election Commission every month. Uh, we report our receipts, our disbursements. So for, for all of that information, you know, it, it's posted uh, to the FEC's website. Uh, but we also want to be transparent for our members, too, and make it easy for them to be able to find out who we are supporting uh, with the PAC funds, since they're the ones that are contributing to it. And at any time, and we post this in real time after we cut checks to candidates, but uh, at advocacy.agc.org, uh, under our, our PAC sections, you can see our PAC disbursement map and click on any respective state and see all of the, the candidates that we support and how much we're supporting them. And to, to continue that transition.
after each election cycle, uh, we publish a, a several-page election report um, that goes through our finances, that goes through our fundraising, and that goes through all of our disbursements to those candidates so that they can see which candidates we supported, which ones won and lost, what were our successes, uh, and you know to also see who may have been elected that, that came from the industry. So we want to be transparent. We want folks to understand what we're doing so that way they have confidence uh, that we are supporting the right folks to help, uh, you know, push uh, our priorities. David is one of those people who has been a longtime personal supporter of the PAC. I really appreciate all the hard work that you and all the AGC of America staff do to make sure that the right folks are there to help support our industry. So thanks again. And I appreciate you taking the time to be a guest on our podcast today. Well, thank you, Len, and and thanks again for the opportunity and uh, all that you do for Agency of Missouri at the local level, but also up here uh, for Agency of America. You know, you you all are one of the most engaged and active chapters and always looking to find ways to be able to help and support everything that we're doing. So we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing without uh, your support uh, and, and help. So thank you. Keep up the great work. All right, will do. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO in the iTunes Store or on Google Play. As always, you can visit us at agcmo.org for additional downloads and information. Thank you.